Welcome to the What Moves Us podcast. I'm Natalie Reyna, a dancer and mover with a master's degree in clinical psychology and founder of Reyna Movement, an organization that teaches people tools to slow the motion of their lives and reconnect to their bodies. Join me as I talk with ordinary people finding extraordinary healing by connecting to their bodies through different types of movement. My mission is to spread the message that tuning into our body is not only accessible, but key to our mental health and healing journeys. Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of What Moves Us. This is your host, Natalie Reyna, and as always, I'm super excited to bring you another story of ordinary people finding extraordinary healing through movement. Today, we have guest Elisa Lopez, who is a queer Mexican non-binary artist, dancer, and therapist based in San Diego. Elisa grew up in Mexico and moved to a border town in Arizona at around eight years old. Growing up, Elisa found themselves engaged in all kinds of movement ranging from baile folklorico to sports such as tennis and karate and eventually found their way to embodied movement. As Elisa got older, they decided to attend Arizona State University for their master's degree in social work and now pride themselves on supporting queer, trans, black, and indigenous people of color in their healing transformations. Elisa loves to hold space for people to connect to themselves and heal through movement and drumming and is inspired to help others heal by connecting to their own indigenous roots and practices. They are a fierce advocate for helping people be themselves and I'm super excited to bring you this episode. So without further ado, let's welcome Elisa Lopez. I am super excited because today I have a lovely mover um, named Eliza Lopez, who is incredible. I found them on Instagram, just super awesome story and background. So I'm really excited to talk to you today. Welcome to What Moves Us. I'm excited to talk to you too. Uh, my name is pronounced Elisa. Elisa. Oh yes. my goodness. I'm so sorry. Elisa. <laughs> Elisa. Well, I'll definitely get that right. <laughs> but Elisa, welcome to What Moves Us. Thank you for being on today. Um, so before we get started, I usually do like to ask my guests what um, what you like to do uh, to ground yourself before you start like your movement practice or if you have one. Yeah, I like to think about my intention first because that guides the type of movements that I do. Like, for example, if I'm being called to release, the movements might be, you know, different than um, if I'm called to relax or or tap into ease and relaxation for my body. So thinking about that first, um, I'm really big on breath work, so taking a few breaths. Uh, that's usually how I start. The breath kind of like guides the movement in the beginning, whether it's swaying or rocking and just letting the movement take over and expand more of the movements as I go. I love that. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. And so is that something that you kind of like found over time that like tuning into your body to find what it needs becomes easier or how, how has that been for you? Like trying to practice that? Yeah. So I've always practiced movement. Uh, when I was younger, I used to do karate, used to do running, dancing. Dancing's always been like a part of my life. Um, so I always done that. And it's not until like a couple years ago that I started more of a meditation practice. I mean, um, focusing on more on my healing journey and connecting to the breath work in that way. So then finding ways to combine both. But I think I've always been doing it because like when you're running, you're basically doing breath work. When we used to do karate, it's like when you do the movement, like you're also breathing. So it's always been connected. I think I'm just more intentional and aware of it now. 
Mm, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, thank you. So for anybody who's tuning in, who's listening, taking a moment to tune into your intentions um, of what your body needs before you start your movement. That's a that's awesome. That's a great <laughs> tool. Thank you for sharing. Um, and so you kind of started touching on it, but before we go into like your movement background, I would be curious if you can share a little bit about like you and maybe where you grew up, grew up, like a little bit about your background so we can so we can know you. Yeah, so I grew up um, in two border towns, Arizona, Mexico, was born and raised in Mexico till I was eight. Then we literally just moved over to the border town to the U.S. and Arizona. But my grandparents still live there. So we would visit every weekend, every summer. So it's kind of like I was living in both places still. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm Mexican. Um, that's my background. Uh now I live in San Diego, California for about five years, which is so surprising okay. to me. Wow. Um, I've been here for this long. I love it here. Um, okay. But yeah, that's kind of like my my background. Um, it's until recent years that I've tried reconnecting to my indigenous roots. So that's a big part of what I'm trying to, to reconnect to um, because I feel like it's a big part of my medicine and what guides me uh, even though I unfortunately didn't grow up with that culture due to you know assimilation and all of those things it's been very beautiful to to try to reconnect um so culturally that's who I am I'm also queer non-binary um a therapist an artist facilitator <laughs> many different <Yeah>. things <laughs> Yes, yes, many different things. And you wear all those hats beautifully. I'm like, I, Thank I you. like I'm not gonna say it enough. It's so fun to watch your Instagram page. I'm just like, wow, like, yeah, you do so much. And so I'm curious, um, going back to connecting to your indigenous roots, is there something that like called you to that? Um, like you mentioned your healing journey. And I'm wondering if you can speak a little bit to that for anybody who might be listening and maybe, you know. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So when I started my my healing journey, um, I think I was connecting in the beginning a lot to Reiki, um, to teachings from Hinduism about the chakras, all those different things, which I feel like have been so helpful for me. But at the same time, I started learning more about like, am I truly doing these practices like they're called to? Am I culturally appropriating? Because like, I'm not from that culture and sometimes I wasn't even receiving that from people of those cultures I was like I think I should connect to something that's like more more to who I am and then it's like who am I really like I know I'm Mexican but at the same time like I'm mixed you know Spanish with indigenous and just realizing those things and having conversations with my family about our roots um and figuring out two of the main tribes that I my family originated from and sadly realizing that even though I am that I still didn't grow up with those practices so there's still limitations in what I know or can practice but still trying to respectfully reconnect um and honor that part of me that like I said is, is very present to me um and it's very beautiful to me how you set that intention like things just start happening like I just start seeing things um connecting to people who happen to be from those tribes too just like magically <laughs> wow yeah wow that's super cool and like very like 
powerful, I would imagine, to Mm -hmm. connect to something that feels like you. (laughs) (laughs) And so going back a little bit, um, you mentioned about like trying to like find, well, let me, I'm going to backtrack a little bit more Mm -hmm. here, actually. So um, when you arrived in the States, did you feel like, what did you feel in terms of like connecting to yourself? Like, did you feel connected to yourself or like, how was that for you? How was your experience? It's been a process to be honest. Cause it's like, it, it's, there's been parts of it that have been really sad to realize that in this lifetime, I'm not, not fully reconnect like I would like to because I don't live in those areas. Like, I'm in San Diego. I'm not even in Mexico anymore. You know, like, my family, even though it does have teachings that I see have been passed on from that, they don't speak the language, you know, like, they don't practice ceremonies like that. Um, So knowing that there's only going to be so much I can connect to, but still being grateful for that, and even if I can't, connect like in this physical realm knowing that I also have my ancestors who also teach me who also connect with me um so yeah I think there's there's been a lot of duality like joy for realizing this part of me and connecting to it but also kind of like sadness of and almost feeling like like I was like it was something that was taken away and trying to somehow get it back (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah. I mean, just even being able to like acknowledge the duality of something like that is Mm -hmm. pretty incredible. And it's hard because in life, I feel like there are so many dualities that we just kind of like have to reconcile and it's hard to do that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Wow. And then so um, when, so you mentioned karate, you mentioned dancing has always been part of your life. When did those kind of come into you? When did those come into you? Mm-hmm. So that was little. I think I was in a folklorico, which is like a Mexican dance class when I was like, I think I was like six. So it started with dance, then karate, then running. I played tennis at one point. Um, it hasn't been more into like my adult life, but I started taking more dance classes. I started taking bachata, salsa, and then more like improv or like modern dance, which I feel like is, has been like, that has been more of like the healing part for me because it's so expressive. Um, and it's not so much for, it could be for performing, but it's really more to like express emotions or express, you know, the song. Um, yeah, so tapping into that and then realizing that it's always been part of what keeps me going in life. Um, mm-hmm. And now as a therapist, learning more about somatic therapy and using that as my main form of therapy when I'm providing services for people, whether it's in therapy or in my movement sessions. Um, yeah, it's kind of like a come around with like combining all my different forms of knowledge. <laughs> Right, right. Yeah. And so I'm curious when you started with the like, I guess, improv that you mentioned as part of your like healing journey. What about that do you think helped you along in your healing journey? Um, I think I started like getting the benefits of the movement. Um, When I started taking like dance classes daily, 
Um, it's when I was going through a divorce, like four years ago. So it was like, I would notice that I was having a really bad day. Then I would go to class and then I would feel so much better. Or like, I would even feel the emotions of like sadness there, but like move through them. And I'm like, oh my goodness. Even though I was like a fun bachata class, I was like, what if I did this, but like with slower music and like, like at my place where I could cry if I needed to. So then I realized that that was so healing to me and, and started doing it for myself. Um, and I also think it's been helpful because I'm naturally a very analytical person. Okay. So I feel like for a big part of my life, like I could think my way through things, which is helpful, but also like there's only so much you can process with your mind. Yeah. And seeing that benefit of, of sitting with it and processing, processing it with your body as well. Wow. Yeah, that's super impactful. And like, so what I'm kind of hearing is that you took the class and that kind of allowed you to realize like, oh, there's a different way I can process this mm-hmm. so that I can feel this. Yeah. Wow. Oh my gosh, that's so cool. That's so cool. Mm-hmm. And it definitely takes like a, yeah, the the awareness, like that's what I'm always curious about. Cause I'm thinking about like for myself, there was also a point where it was like, Oh yeah, I dance because it feels good. Like, but mm-hmm. like, I have a hard time like pinpointing, like what about like how that even came to like consciousness, you know? So mm-hmm. I don't, I'm like, do you have like a, like a, <laughs> like a story or like, how did you like recognize that? Like, Oh, this is good for me. Hmm. Yeah, I think it was definitely that, like going in, almost forcing myself to go to class almost because I'm always like, oh, I'm feeling so sad. I don't want to do anything. Right. And then coming out of it, like, I actually feel better. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, look at that. (laughs) Yeah. Who would have thought? (laughs) Right. Yeah. Just listening, tuning in and going. Yeah. Whoa. Very Mm -hmm. cool. Okay. So then, um, so then you decided to go through a therapy program. And so Mm -hmm. you're a therapist in San Diego. I am. Yes. So, so where did you go to school to like learn therapy? Mm-hmm. I went to Arizona State. Oh, very cool. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I did my master's in social work. Wow. Ah, that's so cool. Yeah. And so I'm curious, like, because trying to reconcile, like connecting to your indigenous roots and like going through an academic program like that, where, you know, certain practices mm-hmm. and I'm just gonna call it what it is like they're not always recognized they're not always seen as like legit yeah. like whatever that means um and so I'm wondering like at that point were you like beginning to integrate your like your own healing journey into your like academic journey yeah it's um, been a very interesting process because uh, I feel like my first year in I was young and <laughs> excited of course I I decided to do the program for a reason um but then after that like it just started feeling like it wasn't enough like there was only so much I could learn or like the things they were offering like when it came to positionality or oppression being anti-racist like not to brag but I feel like I had already learned been learning those things from my community so it was like we should take it even further, like, than this, but it's like, it, it only went so far. Um, and then even when, when it comes to, like, some of the practices, a lot of, like, most of the practices are by white, cishet men with the intention to serve that population too, for the intention to serve white people. So 
even taking those things and being like, how can I actually apply it to the populations that I work with, which is people of color and queer people? Um, so yeah, definitely question a lot the last two years. Um, and I feel like I've had to do a lot of unlearning. And yeah, as I connect to these, these indigenous teachings, ancestral teachings, like it's, it's almost kind of silly to me that there's like this big, how can I say it? Like, um, I feel like somatic therapy is becoming very known, which is great, but also it's becoming known from, for example, Peter Levine, which is like the person who trains for somatic experiencing, which is great information, but he's a white man. And like a lot of these teachings, the breathwork, the movement, all of those things come from indigenous teachings. So it's like now we're being these teachings that were taken away by white people, by the people that took it away, sending it back to us. Um, so to me, it's kind of problematic. So I try to, you know, when I can learn from indigenous people um, to, yeah, to apply it to the communities that I work with. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm wondering if there's like anybody that comes to mind when you look to like when you're trying to connect to somebody who may have already been like, you know, using this practice in their community, you know, that isn't like a Mm -hmm. white man. Is there anybody that comes to mind or anybody that you look to as like your inspiration um, with that? Yeah. The first person that comes to mind is the person that I um, make my drum with, uh, who's in Guadalajara, Mexico. Um, Yeah. Uh, She's an indigenous person and she, like we made the drum like with our own hands and everything and she thought about like movement medicine and it was like yeah I think that's one of the um things that I have attended to or participated in that I was like I made that connection of like this has always existed like this is not new (laughs) because she was teaching us about the breath and about sitting with emotions and how the drum can help you know kind of like help people express that if it's like stuck in the body and like trauma being stuck in the body like that's not a new concept (laughs) right right Mm -hmm. yeah definitely and it's yeah I am enjoying like hearing you speaking about this because I'm just like like it's so important to just like have those (laughs) conversations and realizations that there are other teachers and people out there that we can look to that like aren't the typical Mm -hmm. you know white man that is out there trying to whatever benefit off of that Mm -hmm. yeah wow okay yeah and um so let's see so we're going back we talked about your experience like in the in the movement in the improvisational class so so you took that class you had this new kind of like insight this new vision what happened from there I think I just continued doing it on my own. Um, yeah, at the time I was taking different classes, workshops, like for my own healing, but I was already starting to tap into like some of my own medicine that I wanted to use to serve for other people. Um, so it was realizing that I could basically use what I learned, like based on lived experience, merge it with the mental health, trauma-informed care lens, and then create some of these offerings that I do now. 
Um, so I started doing it little by little. I started offering like group sessions with a group that I volunteer with called Queering the Path. And it was very special because I started with queer and people of color. Um, and just seeing those groups and how like, yes, I'm the one facilitating and holding the space. But once you put people together, like they're holding each other, they're teaching each other to do and being each other's mirrors. So seeing that, you know, magic and healing and community. Um, to be honest, I feel like group work is something that I want to focus more on because it's, it's so beautiful and it feels like less, I have to invest less energy in it than compared to individual sessions. Mm. Um, but yeah. Now I do the group sessions, individual sessions. I merge some of that in my therapy sessions as well. Right. Ah, that's so fun. And I, I'm like, I just love it so much because um, I feel I also really enjoy groups. And I feel like I've had a similar experience where I see people do like start to, yeah, support each other and learn from one another. And it's just like so beautiful to see those connections form. Um, and I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit about like, how you've kind of integrated somatics and your kind of your own healing journey and your own kind of connection to like indigenous um, practices into like the groups and the sessions that you lead. Mm-hmm. So I think a big part of it is my drum. Um, my drum is for sure present, very present in one of the tribes that I'm a part of and the person that I made the drum with. Um, is not from that tribe, but she did give me permission to use it for the movement and everything. Okay. Um, so I think that part, like it really, from what I've seen, helps people connect like to themselves, but I have also seen them connect to like, just like ancestral kind of like memory, like whether it's an indigenous person, a black person, a lot of just like indigenous tribes from different cultures have used drums. So I've seen it how how it just helps people connect in that way. It helps kind of like clear your mind and and be able to express yourself. Um, so using that for sure, I use that in my my meditations, um, like more sitting down. I close meditations, but also during the movement. Um, and I also use it in, in in therapy as well. And I feel like that's that's part of what excites me about this whole process that you wouldn't think like in a therapy session, somebody would play a drum for you, but it's so beneficial and so healing. And that's, that's what I want to keep doing. Um, because at least for me, like I've had a therapist for like four years and it's been very helpful because she also does somatics, mm. but I also think about my own healing journey and I've done so many things and like I've gotten medicine from so many things. So merging that, like, of course, there's like a lot of medicine and being able to express yourself and be heard with talk therapy, but also incorporating the body has been very healing for me. And I've seen how it's been very beneficial for other people, too. Wow. That's yeah. I I'm I want to know if there's like a, a story for the drum. Is there like a drum story? Like, how did it come to be? Like, what was that journey for you? If you feel comfortable sharing it? Yeah. Yes. For sure, I do. Um, so yeah, the the drum story. Um, two years ago, I went to this retreat in Dubilcan, Mexico, called Ashkan Kema. Um, and it was a beautiful retreat. And part of it is that they, um, 
they take the energy of the day you were born in and they give you kind of like this like I want to say birth chart but it's not the same it's different but it's, that's kind of like the same concept okay. and it has like different energies that you work with and like at the end it has like diff- three different names you can choose um from those energies um and that's that's from Mexica culture in that area and that's how they would name their children so they would do that for babies when they were born okay um but as an adult so the name I chose or came to me is Pesca Olin, which means um, mirror in movement. Mm-hmm. So it was very interesting to me how I was, I was already doing like the movement sessions and everything and the movement came to be. And also like when the elder explained it to me, the mirror part, it makes a lot of sense that I'm a therapist because I'm constantly mirroring people. Yeah, I just <laughs> got emotions. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> So that, yeah, just kind of like an affirmation of like, I'm in the right path. I'm meant to do this. And then, yeah, in that whole um, retreat, people were playing medicine drums in the Temazcal, which is like a foot lodge and the ceremonies. I was like, oh my God, this is like so healing to me and and so connecting and grounding. Like, I want to be able to offer this for other people. So that's when I, it took almost like a, a year for me to I, I was just open to like okay I know I want to drum if I have permission or if it's meant to happen like I'm open for something to like come my way and then I randomly started seeing ads for like the class that I took in Guadalajara and I'm like could that be Whoa. <laughs> so then I did it I did it and it's been so so beautiful too to offer that for other people too wow yeah and so what kind of called you to the drum like what made you feel like this is gonna be like this is part of a big thing of how I help people mm-hmm. well I know what it did for me and it really helped me ground and like I said I um I can be very analytical and that means that sometimes there's like a lot of thoughts in my mind and just feeling those thoughts go away with the drum I'm like People need this. I need this. I want to <laughs> offer this. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And then definitely combining it with, with the movement, the drum represents the heartbeat. Mm-hmm. So connecting people with their own heartbeat, with the heartbeat of the earth, um, just very grounding energy. Wow. Ah, that's so, so cool. <laughs> that's really awesome. Like work and like super, yeah, just reflective and insightful and like, wow, what a name. That's just so cool. Like, wow. It's um, <laughs> like fangirling over here. Don't mind me. <laughs> um, so, so now you bring your drum into your practice and is that, mm-hmm. would you say that that's kind of like a main like element of a session or when somebody works with you? For the guided movement and meditation sessions, yes, for okay. sure. Um, I feel like I either use it in the meditation or either use it in the movement or sometimes both. It depends on the intention of the person and the vibe. Right. <laughs> um, for the therapy sessions, it's different. I feel like um, it takes a while to get to more of the somatic component and for people to kind of like, build more trust with me um to be able to facilitate those things for them um for other people sometimes they find me and they're like I want you to play your drum I'm like okay let's do it session one but I I found that for therapy for others it's kind of like okay how do we do these things if we're supposed to do therapy and we're supposed to talk so I feel like 
it, it it's like a slower process than therapy but um yeah it's the same thing I think I sometimes kind of like get them used to like just hear my voice with like a regular meditation breath work and then transitioning to like okay we've been doing meditation for a while do you want to transition to like now instead of just doing the breath work we also do the drumming mm. and yeah I think and therapy is where I've gotten most of the responses of like wow I haven't like gotten a break from my mind in a while I didn't remember how that felt and when I heard the drum that happened I'm like yeah so helpful yeah <laughs> super helpful and I'm wondering if that like would you say that that's a tool that somebody could use themselves like if they have a drum at home obviously it's like very different if you've been like blessed to use it in the session mm-hmm. and whatnot but like if you're at home and like you can't stop like the thoughts could that be like an effective way to help somebody do you think I would think so I don't know about for every person is different you know like people come from different cultures sure. I would say ask your elders ask your community if you're meant to have one is it for yourself is it to play for others but if not there's like uh recordings on youtube or like on spotify of of just like medicine drums Mm. so like even you've seen that as well Mm. yeah Mm -hmm. wow cool well thank you thank you for sharing the story of your drum that's awesome (laughs) (laughs) yeah and so um so i know you've got a lot going on um what is happening in your world now that like people who are listening to this like might be interested in or if they wanted to connect to you how could they do that yeah so like i said i really want to focus on group work more um not that i've been doing individual therapy sessions like i love them but i also miss my miss my groups um so I have my Patreon offering where I do a group virtual guided movement meditation session every third Thursday of the month. Okay. Um, and that has been very beautiful too, because, um, like I said, when other people aside from me connect, it's not just me with holding the space or like, there's so much knowledge from everybody. So everybody's like teaching each other, holding each other. Um, and I'm slowly going back to doing more in person offerings here in San Diego group one so that's what I've been trying to um, focus on I have some collaborations coming up with some folks which I'm excited about so definitely trying to focus on on group stuff because I feel like there's only so much we can do on our own like individually like we can get to a certain point in our healing journey but I think there's like a point where you have to learn to ask for help you have to learn to see community as a resource because unfortunately the society is so individualistic and hyper independent right and if you think about it it just harms us you know like we might have had to be that way to survive but now realizing that it doesn't have to continue that way we can ask for help so yeah i see that as part of the group medicine too being a community with each other yeah that is that's beautiful and do you like is there Uh, like a moment that you kind of realize that for yourself that like it's okay to ask for help and to have community (laughs) yeah definitely I think that's that's what happened to me like I was Mm. attending one-on-one sessions with with healers and that was very helpful I also think the pandemic was a year where I was really like inward and it was helpful um like I remember that year I was like sober I was celibate we couldn't really be with other people so I was like okay I'll practice this year to be with myself but after that it was like 
okay, this is too much. Like a year doing this, like, yes, I learned a lot, but like now I need to connect with other people. And that's how we learn too. We heal in relationships. Like even if we have, I feel like individually we might learn certain concepts, like when it comes to communication, being okay with discomfort and conflict, but it's not until you practice it with another person that it's like you're actually practicing and it's not just the theory in your head (laughs) yeah yeah and especially when you have like a community that's able to like mirror back to you what's happening or Mm -hmm. you know a good friend that could be like actually like you're kind of tripping on this or like actually I think you're right on this like (laughs) yeah Yeah, wow super cool yeah and we'll definitely make sure to put your like your patreon information in the bio and your instagram and everything so people can connect with you um and then Let's say, so if there was somebody who is like struggling with their mental health and they wanted to like get into movement, they wanted to get into kind of um, a somatic practice, like what, what do you, what would you recommend? What would you tell them? Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's great that they're being open to that. Mm. <laughs> um, and to remember that a somatic practice could be as simple as breathwork. I feel like sometimes we might think like, we need to go on a run every single day or we need to be dancing every single day. Like for some people that might be it. That was it for me for a couple of months, but then I kind of toned it back. And sometimes connecting to movement medicine is just connecting to the movement of your breath. So it could be as simple as that. It's all about intention. Even if you're already going on a walk every day or going to a dance class, it's adding the intention to it that can make a difference too. Yeah. Ah, love the intention aspect of this. This is like, <laughs> I feel like this is what I needed to hear. It's like, <laughs> so thank you. Thank you for sharing. Um, and then, yeah, we're going to start to like wrap it up here. And I'm wondering if you have like any final thoughts, anything else that you want to share about you or your journey? Um, anything you're excited about? I'm definitely excited about the, the group stuff. Um, I'm excited to share more about my poetry soon too, or just more of like my knowledge. Um, I've been doing this Akashic Records mentorship since January. I don't know if you're familiar with Akashic Records, but it's basically connecting to like the universal. Akashic means ethers, so connecting to the ethers, connecting to not only past life, but just like universal knowledge. <laughs> um, so I feel like I've been getting a lot of knowledge mm-hmm. or messages from that. And I've been trying to figure out like, how do I slowly start sharing them in a way that's perhaps digestible, but maybe also sometimes remembering that even if it doesn't make sense, like maybe they'll get it, maybe they won't. And that's okay too. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yay. Well, <laughs> I'm super excited to like hear your poetry. And as you start to share your m- more you. knowledge and more <laughs> learnings, that's awesome. Um. So yay. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. I really appreciate you and your time and yeah, stories and life. <laughs> yay, thank you. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks everyone for tuning in. (laughs) Bye. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the What Moves Us podcast. Be sure to like, follow, and subscribe for more. And check out my website at reinamovement.com. R-E-I-N-A movement.com. Thank you.